beautiful humans. Welcome to another episode of Role Models, Juicy Conversations with Beautiful Humans. I'm Jennifer Norman, founder of the Human Beauty Movement and your host. This podcast thrives on your support. So if you like what you hear, follow us, rate us, review us, and share this episode with everyone you know across your networks. Okay, now we are in for a treat because I have not one, but two special guests today. Here before me are Susan Bennett Fisher and Martin Fisher. Susan and Martin are the co-founders of Body of Nine, which is an innovative body-based personality assessment that gives you a deeper understanding of who you truly are. Welcome, Susan and Martin. Nice to be here, Jennifer. Very much so. I'm delighted and I am so intrigued. You have to tell us your background and how you came to discover and develop the Body of Nine. Martin and I both grew up in a technology world in California. And for me, I had three kids and woke up on the other side of 30 or close to 40 and realized my life had not quite gone the way I had hoped. And I had found myself married to a a not drug. a nice individual. Yes, a not nice individual. And I had to dig my way out of that. As part of that process, I began to learn to be a life coach. And as part of that, I went to a leadership program with the Coach Training Institute in California. And it was at that program that I was introduced to what we call my natural number. And when I found out how my body was equipped and how that affected how I experienced in life and how that was different than the other eight or nine natural numbers, it validated everything about me that I loved and nobody else seemed to get. And it gave me so much permission to be the powerful, strong human that I am. And for me to honor and receive the gifts of others and offer what I have to offer as a gift. And Martin came around six, seven years after that. Yes, uh, I turned up again having you know, been at Oracle and Yahoo and various other places in the Bay Area. I came to this very, very skeptical because this is a new idea. How could it possibly exist? Because no one's ever heard of it. And what does it mean if there were really nine different kinds of people? But over the last 14 years or so, you know, we've been since we've been back together, in the last 10 explicitly, we've discovered by working with 8,000 people the truth of this reality that there are nine physiologically different kinds of people. People tend to think, oh, yeah, everyone's the same, you know, two ears, two eyes, nose, and the rest of those things, or everyone's completely different. But the truth is there are really nine different ways that nature turns up. And you've got more in common with someone of your natural number than you do with the rest of your family. Because we found very early on, and it was a huge surprise, that the numbers don't repeat in families. So you, your brothers and sisters, and your parents are different. Or if you have children, you and your children and your partner are different too. So it, this, is, this is an amazing idea that this information got lost thousands of years ago because the Egyptians and the Indians and the Chinese all knew about it thousands of years ago. So what we've been doing is working with people to bring this knowledge back to the world because it makes such a difference in relationships. Yes, and then knowing yourself and finding that authentic place where we really, we all have this nature within us that is born into us. And with it come gifts and skills and abilities that we don't have to work at. And because it's not understood by our mothers and fathers, it's rarely honored. We're rarely honored and supported for who we are. And so we spend our whole life, you know, we nurture laying on top of this nature. And then later in life, we wake up and say, God, there was something I knew when I was a kid that I would like to remember about who I am. And that tapping back into who you are, the nature that underlies the nurture is so powerful. Because you don't have to work at it. It is who you are. And then as you learn, you, so you can, first you learn your own natural number and that reactivates that nature for you. Then you can learn to activate the other nine, which adds new perceptive abilities. So I can look at you and say, oh, okay, I see that Jennifer has natural number one. Her throat is very long. 
Her chin is very defined. She has soft, receptive eyes. She sees and knows beauty. She creates beauty. That's the name of her podcast. These are all attributes of people with natural number one. So I know that I need to meet you where you live in this space of honoring connection. Wow. I can't wait to learn more. And I wanted to go back because it's really fascinating how you mentioned ancient civilizations, the the Egyptians, etc., had known about these specific traits. And it is amazing to me how we were so conscious as a human society or as a race. And then there was a loss of consciousness over time. And it might have been because of industrialization. It could have been environmental, many reasons. And a lot of this mysticism had always seemed a little bit woo-woo over the past decades. But now... All of a sudden, we are waking up to spirituality, understanding that there is something greater than ourselves, recognizing the the reality of sacred geometry and numerology and the power of all of the essences that go into a lot of the dynamism of creation, uh, the beauty mm-hmm. of a snowflake, you know, all of those things. And it's refreshing coming from the technology field, realizing, yeah, you know, you might have been in bits and bites before. <laughs> True, right? And now you've recognized, you know, there is this whole spiritual mystical sense, which is very much real and powerful. And if we could only tap into that and understand ourselves, boy, we would be shortcutting a lot of headaches and strife between relationships and knowing ourselves and our own proclivities. And rather than fighting with ourselves, really loving ourselves for how we are and our unique beings. You get it. You got it. (laughs) And this is a simple shortcut. It is a shortcut that lets you go back over and over and over again to that nature within you. And because it's very body-based, we always start with the body because you can see in people's faces it's their bodies, as we talked about just now. We can look at your face and say, that's natural number one. But there are nine centers, and numerology is all about the number nine. So there is an awful lot of math and connections between the numbers. We've no idea how the numbers got associated to where they are on the body. No clue. Mm -hmm. But by being very careful observers and talking and listening to 8,000 people, we know the relationship between the numbers. And the numbers mean things. And it is this connection to the past that is the second stage that people come to. It's like, okay, this is my natural number. What does it mean? What do the numbers mean? What does numerology mean? And the connection between the physical, the practical, and the the Mm woo-woo is there. And the question is, which part do you want to follow? They were both available to you. Right. And the numbers mean so many different and interesting things. The beauty of it is, is incredible, really. As you talk about, you know, like the ratio of phi out in nature, how that creates and expresses beauty. We have a body of is like that as well. The numerology of it, as Martin said, it, it indicates the how the different natural numbers work together, the attributes and how the attributes support each other. And then I come together to make a very particular kind of wholeness that's very easy. And so we don't struggle as much. Also, it's about constantly going back to the body as your source of wisdom. We call it your physio-spiritual nature. Now that's and, really so intriguing. And that is something that I have not necessarily heard of. I mean, I go back to the Vitruvian man and just knowing about all of the, you know, the different proportions and things like that, that is just the essence of beauty within of human physique. But as far as the differences, I have not necessarily seen any kind of personality assessments tied to the physio like you have. Right. So that's where this came from, because the people that originally discovered that there were nine physiologically different kinds of people were looking at the Enneagram, which is a system of nine, obviously. And they realized that the way that they had used enneotyping on a bunch of their students, mm-hmm. each of the students with a particular enneotype did some weird, similar physical things. Well, they brought in martial arts, which was the physical part, and mm-hmm. doing martial arts exercises. They noticed that people did weird things, and then they realized they did the same weird things based how they had matched up in the Enneagram. So we took this knowledge to Burning Man in 2012 and gave it as our gift 
And over the next few years, we're working with over 100 people a day, you know, 1,000 plus people over the week. And we could tell how the bodies were different. And this awareness of, okay, this is the body shape. This is where you move from. And we move from a natural number center. It's part of the way we tell, as we worked with you before the podcast. Mm-hmm. You, know, you move from your foot. I move from the top of my head. Susan moves from the chest. And so just by looking at someone, even a young baby, you can see what is their natural number. And so, as you said, this lost information, and if you go to Egypt, you can see on the pre-middle middle section, pre-3500 BC, they have natural number physiology. You can see it in statues. The faces of expression yeah. uh, indicate that they understood the physiological differences. So we've been lucky enough, standing on the shoulders of giants, as they say, to bring this back into the world because it really does help you connect to your physiology, to your spirituality, to your relationships. It makes a whole human being again. Yeah, it makes being alive an awful lot easier. Yes. <laughs> Now, before we hit record, I did get my body of nine number measured by Susan and Martin. And as they mentioned, I did come up as the number one. And I would love for them to take us through maybe a little snippet of each of the numbers to just give us a taste for what anybody in those particular numbers can expect. And then, of course, I would invite you to actually have a session with Susan and Martin yourself so that you could take a deeper dive into the body of nine for yourself. So why don't we yes, start with thank number you. one? We will start with number one. So the movement area is under the throat. It's between the chin and the top of the throat. So it's right up here. The, if you move your tongue around, you can actually feel those muscles move around mm-hmm. underneath your throat. And you'll feel for you that there's a little more tension there. On most people, it's pretty soft because that's where you hold your and send connection energy to other people. So one is about connection with other in order to help other to know that they have value. So you live connected with source and connected here in this, the physical world. And you help us to experience the beauty of source that is contained in everything. You, as we like to say, natural number ones have been chosen to bear the burden for the rest of us to know it's okay not to be perfect. Because most natural number ones have a voice that says, you're not perfect, I love you. And it's not a chosen voice. It is something that most natural number ones learn to move past. But there's an I love you component of that. It's not and, it's not if. It's you're not perfect, I love you. And as I say, your role as a natural number one is to use your amazing ability with words and your understanding of the beauty of the world to help the rest of us see that connection that we, we don't experience ourselves. And to know the value that we have within each of us. It's a very beautiful and challenging function. <laughs> And just to add credibility to what Susan and Martin are saying here, as most of you know, I am the founder of the Human Beauty Movement, which is all about radical self-love, self-esteem, and radical self-expression. And so it has been my life's purpose and my dharma, which I had only discovered late in life. And if I had known my body of nine number earlier, I probably would have found it decades ago. But it was truly something that I had to evolve into over life experiences. And then when I received that that message, when I received that calling, which was divine, which was from source, no question about it, that this is what my purpose, this is my role in life is to have this compassion, to have this feeling of love, unconditional, unrequited love for everybody, every human being that is walking the earth and is in existence and to let them know that they matter. And so if you go to my website, you will see those words. And Susan and Martin were able to nail that with looking at me for maybe 10, 15 seconds. They already knew that about me. <laughs> so, so you did. Yes. Yes. And, but, yes, you are doing your natural purpose. Right. And one of the beautiful things about this stage in the world is that there are more people we work with and bump into that are in alignment with their natural purpose and know it. It is the, truly a time of change for the good for humanity. 
Yeah. So natural number one about our relationship to source and how source is shaping our life here in this world. And that's very beautiful. Natural number two is about our relationship with each other. How do we dynamically adjust to create harmony and connection with each other? And the movement centers here. The upper abs. Up at the abs. And by extending that and pushing them out, the eyes get brighter. We enjoy the communication. And you can notice that we smile more. Yeah, well, we, when we activate that part of our body, we can adjust more quickly to be with other people. Because without being in connection with other people, you really can't do much. Each of us on alone is an island. And it's when we work together that we can actually make major changes. And when you get groups of all nine together, it's a very calm but powerful situation. So natural numbers one, two, three, and four are helping us to build some kind of connection, human connection. One is our connection at the level of source. Two is our connection one-on-one with each other. Three is our connection soul to soul. And that's about focus and looking around your stuff and into the beauty of who you are. Three see our amazing purpose and they invite us through joyful questioning to become that. They inspire us to be our best just by smiling at us. We've all had the experience when someone smiles at us, you just think, wow, that feels so good. Now I'm really energized and I'm ready to do what I need to do. And that's natural number three. And three is the movement center is the top of the sternum. There's a little bone there. It's called the maneuver. And that's the center of the movement. And they're typically very lean and straight in their bodies. They have their smile goes all the way into their eyes. So when they smile at you, you'll see the upper gum line. You see the cheeks crinkle up on the outside. And Sometimes they have two smile lines because yes. they smile so much, which is good. Ah. <laughs> so they are the ones spreading joy out in the world. And then our fours, the fourth one that uses eye contact to create a very particular kind of connection. Four is about knowing who we are on the inside. So this dropping deep into our bodies, into our low abdomen, which is the movement area, and using our bodies to metabolize our emotions so that we can understand the wisdom held in our emotions. And then from that place of alignment with self, through that deep understanding of how we feel about ourselves and our lives and what's around us, we can come out and be together in a much more intimate way. Each of the natural numbers has a different pace, a different way of they're using words. And while Susan was talking, I moved into natural number four. And as you can tell, my pace has slowed. Mm. I'm more measured. And I'm also more in connection to my emotions. And I'm feeling the joy of being with other people. But if I shake that off and move back to my five, I speed up and everything I talk about and who I am changes. So the ability to be other people and the to, ability to, to demonstrate to meet, to meet them where they live. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, to, and to receive the gift. Because, if you know, if you don't stop and look in the eyes of a one, two, three or four, they're not going to be able to offer you the gift they offer. Yeah, they make Whereas you- five, six, seven, eight and nine don't use their eyes to create that connection. And oftentimes we don't bother to look at somebody. Because my natural number is five and Susan's natural number is six. And five, six, seven, eight, and nine are much more about transformation. Relationship as well, but mm-hmm. transformation first. And right. one, two, three, four, relationship first, but transformation. We're not saying that a particular number just does one thing. Mm-hmm. But there are many people that would, and the example we often use is if you're a realtor, some of your clients want a relationship and to sell the house. The other people want to sell the house and not with caring, nothing except about the data. So just knowing that people are different makes a huge thing. So natural number five, which is my natural number, moves from the top of the head. It's about context, helping people understand what do we know, what don't we know? How can we move forward when we don't know things? We need to know where we're at. We need to know what is the path? Where are the snakes and the mountains on the map? And that's, so six uses, I mean, five uses the parietal bone to lift and the side, the muscles on the side of the head. Fives have round heads. 
round eyes and the back of their head is usually bigger than the other than average out in the world hmm. um, six the movement areas on the center of, on the sternum sixes expand their chest to feel the energy in the space they synthesize that energy and then they magnify it so others can feel it as well so they take in what is wanting to happen in the universal field of consciousness and then they help move the community forward towards that goal and that vision what? Seven. No, no. Me? Okay. <laughs> Seven is the third eye. That, so they use the frontalis muscles and the glabella, which is a small flat bone between the just above the eyebrow line. They often have a more prominent brow. They have very infinite quality in their eyes. They are here to help us grow and change. They're the change agents. They're the people that are calling out things that can be done better. Always looking to make the world a better place, help you be a better person, improve a process. So their whole lives are around how do I make the world a better place? And then eight is on the spine between and the sacrum and uses the body to connect to the earth. Mm -hmm. And then they use the energy and the rhythms of the earth to create. So mm -hmm. they understand the rhythm of nature, the rhythm of the rivers, the rhythm of the earth, the air. They can feel the earth breathe. And they use that connection to the power of the earth to create things that last and matter. With integrity. With tremendous amount of integrity and safety for the good of all. And the natural number nine is really the center of the universe. The nine spot is on the back of the spine between the shoulder blades. And natural number nines understand the phrase feel the force because they live in the force. They can feel the tides of the world. They can feel the births and the deaths. And they know that there is a rhythm to life. There is a flow and a harmony that we can live in. And they work hard to keep that flow and harmony going so that everyone around them gets things done, but using the minimum force because they know that everything that we do affects everyone around us. Constantly making small little adjustments to keep life in balance. Yeah. Yeah. So natural numbers one, two, and three, four, relationship first. Five, mm -hmm. six, seven, eight, transformation in relationship. The even numbers, two, four, six, eight, are very body-based. Mm -hmm. They live in a world where they're informed and guided much more by their body, whereas one, three, five, seven, and nine, the odd numbers, are a little bit less embodied. Their spiritual connection is out of body, whereas two through eight, the spiritual connection into the body. Or through the body. So the use of the numbers is shorthand from who knows where to help describe things. As, as you probably know, the Egyptians use numbers as shorthand because number actually can tell you more than the words around them. Right, and the words can mislead. One of the things that we have observed in our 10,000 conversations is that words are slippery, especially big words like connection, engagement, energy, intuition. There are nine definitions of each of those words. Mm -hmm. I mean, how you do those things, you know, we all have intuition, the way we tap our intuition, you get the sevens out there and they're always trying to teach people how they can open their third eye and bring in uh, and receive messages. Well, that's natural for them. Mm -hmm. And they don't know why everybody doesn't just do that. And they're out there trying to teach us how to use our intuition the way they do. Well, you can learn to, to activate your seven and receive intuition that way. Absolutely available to you. But they don't know that other people aren't equipped to do that naturally, for example. Yeah. So this is tremendous information to understand the gifts that each of us has to offer and how we can use them to expand our perception of reality. Understanding that people are not like you and what they care about is different than what you care about. We often hear from people that have the one, two, three, fours. People aren't looking at me. They're not respecting me. It's not about respect. It's about how do you, how are you in the world? How do you process information? Right. How, and just understanding that the people around you, especially close to you, not like you, is a huge gift. And then you can start asking people, well, Giving your gift. It's not a question of, don't be difficult. It's giving your gift and accepting the gift that other people give you. 
this is just so fascinating. And I love that you are able to just instantaneously, you're so learned about it, be able to spot, oh, you're a one, you're a five, you're a nine, you know, just off the bat. I think that's very, very useful. I'm also fascinated about genetics and the fact that you said that the numbers don't necessarily congeal or conglomerate within families. It's always that there are different ones. And I wonder how can that be when you've got the same body types and even in nations or in geographies that people have certain traits that make them look like a certain culture? There is a cultural overlay on top for sure that a culture that doesn't respect eye contact, for example, makes life hard for people that need eye contact. What we see is this crosses race, gender, culture, education, nurture, because it is the nature and it doesn't matter whether you have more in common with a person with whom you share natural number than anyone in your family. We have not seen repeats in nuclear families that have less than nine people. Twins are not the same. Triplets are not the same. We think that's how you can tell them apart. I was going to ask that too about twins and triplets and all their multiples. All different. As to how, we, we don't know for sure. We have some guesses. And we believe that epigenetics has got a lot to do with it. The science of epigenetics is starting to go into how does your environment change your DNA? And there is certainly, and I'm sure you've been aware in your listeners, that there are intergenerational karma, if you will, things that pass down from family to family and family. And this is the same stuff. You know, some people call it the morphic field. There are various theories about how does information get passed you know, between birds or animals down to their offspring. But epigenetics is a possible answer, but we don't know enough to be able to say definitively that's what it is. Right, because what we see is firstborns often repeat the grandparents, except if you've married one of the energies of your parents, which is very common as well. We're attracted to energies that we know well. And so the quality of attraction, we often end up in relationship with people we're attracted to, which can be good if you had a healthy relationship and not so good if you didn't, right? So if you're looking to heal that trauma within a new relationship can be pretty rocky because it's very easy to project onto that relationship. But the point is that you often marry one of your parents' natural numbers and your spouse does too. But the ones that you didn't marry repeat in the firstborn grandchildren. A lot of the cases, we don't have enough, we're not saying We think it's very likely, but we don't have enough data to stick it in the ground. But we do know that the numbers don't repeat, the families that we've talked to. And there is a tiny chance that the numbers start to repeat as they go. So we've worked with many families that were the eighth and ninth children are the same as the parents, which they'd have to be. And then there is a tiny chance that then it starts to repeat in the same cycle, but we don't have enough data. Right. Research to be done. Yeah. I'm also curious about training because, and I know that, you know, there's an inherent naturalness to the number, but as far as movement goes, for example, when I was younger, since I was the age of four years old, I was put into ballet classes and there's a certain life and there's a certain characteristic of the ballet dancer and the way that you hold yourself and the way that you express. And a lot of it is up here, you know, when you're, when you're it was natural for you. Oh, natural easy for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so two things happen. Right? There is the, the nurture and you're taught various things. Whatever you're taught, whether it's sports or dancing, music, you're taught by someone of a particular natural number. But if you look at ballet, and that's a perfect example, ballet is known for its mannerisms, its movements. And we see a lot of natural number ones going to ballet because it supports them. It actually encourages their body. 
right? It's like, it's this up and lifted and, you know, and that open-throated movement mm-hmm. that where the lift is coming from here. And that is natural uh, for natural number one. So, but, but if you see a natural number nine ballerina, for example, where the movement is in the back, what you see is this tremendous fluidity. And they look like the bird that's floating across the stage, you know, that very, very different than that elegant oneness that comes when you lift and move from your throat. Yeah, we're not saying at all. We, we try not to be natural numberist, if you will. We're not saying at all that any particular person has to do a particular thing. But how they do it is completely... Very much affected by their natural yeah. number, right? And if you understand where you're activated, your body can really have tremendous benefit for performance. Mm-hmm. Because if you, you know, if you had known when you were young, you were a one, it's like, oh, piece of cake here, no problem. <laughs> it, it was easy for you. That part was easy for you. Yeah, and other things, not as easy. Other things not are as much, really yes. difficult to get into and almost feels like pulling teeth. <laughs> <laughs> right exactly exactly now i see being a five and a six where do you find that there is a natural proclivity for numbers that are close together and then even odd to do well in a relationship or does it not so matter? the answer so yes and yes and no <laughs> so any two any two numbers will form a relationship can and, form a and relationship. there will be predictable traits and challenges associated with that combination having said that we do see some more commonly than others and we do also find as far as we can tell, we're not therapists, as far as we can tell, and even in an odd number works slightly more easily than two evens or two odds. But it's not something that we could say, well, but, anyway. yeah, but if you're, you know, even with an even, it's perfectly okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, we're yeah. like, yeah, no problem. Yeah, we know. It just creates something different. The thing to remember, though, is for your children is that we can anticipate what's going to be easy and hard for your children as they grow up. And for you as a parent. And how to, you know how they need to be parented. Because first thing to remember is they're not like you. And so what you would like, what you wanted as a child, isn't going to help them too much. I just finished a chapter in a book called Raising Wild Ones. It's out on Amazon. And it's about, we identified all the authors. And it's about how do you actually authentically support your children so you don't do inadvertent harm. And that you don't necessarily fall prey to what the belief systems out there in the world are telling you how to, to raise your kid. And that is very, it's a good book, actually. And we also integrated Body of Nine, and there's three or four parents in there who've known their natural number of their kids. And they talk about how differently they work with each child. And your children don't need to be treated equally and or fairly, necessarily. They each need something very, very different. And when you understand that, it makes you a better parent. And one of the interesting things, Susan said two very important phrases that are going to impact you and I differently, Jennifer. She said equally or fairly. Natural number five is very much about fairness which is not necessarily natural number one is very much about equality which isn't necessarily fair so just being aware the way that i would handle a situation is not necessarily best for my children is a great thing to learn right and, and that was a big deal for him when we first got together my kids were already 10 and 12 and 14 mm-hmm. and he came in and wanted to treat everybody fairly i'm like i don't treat my kids fairly <laughs> i really don't and he didn't get that for a while until we figured it out as a family and he's brought fairness into the family because none of the rest of us actually cared about that it wasn't the value that we were working on but the understanding about what was appropriate versus fair was useful for everybody yes so we learn together to create the best connections for the family based off our natural numbers. So my youngest daughter is a natural number two, all about connection. The rest of us were five, six, seven, and eight. And we don't care about that stuff. And we would sit down and not make eye contact. And she learned to give us structures to help us to engage with her because that worked for us. So just understanding how those dynamics play out. There's a lot of 
very cosmic jokes out there. You'll see families where the parents are both one, two, three, or four, and all the kids are five through nine, or vice versa. And the parents are going, look at me when I'm talking to you. And the kids go, I can hear you, you whether I'm looking at you or not. You know, those are silly, simple examples of how powerful. That's excellent. And I actually am thinking about my own upbringing where I was adopted. I was raised by a white family, youngest out of six. Three of us were adopted. Three were natural. And the upbringing was my mother was British. My father is American. And it was very parochial. It was extremely disciplinarian. And I did not do very well in that (laughs) environment. And even in growing up with like rigid religious structure, I later in life recanted that because it just wasn't my nature and in my values that I truly believed resonated with my soul to the point of like getting nurtured to a point where you feel that it's just not you. It's not really who you really are inside. And a lot of people, a lot of young people do struggle with that because they are disciplined in a certain way. They're brought up a specific way and it's not in relation to how they can flourish and thrive. Absolutely. For you as a natural number one, you have a built-in moral compass. You're never going to do something that is not right you know and you understand the difference between right and wrong and you've already beat yourself up 10 times before your mother even noticed you did something wrong (laughs) and so that just reinforces for our poor natural number ones you know this idea that that you're not worthy of this tremendous gift that you have of helping us see and no beauty and no source that's a huge gift Mm -hmm. but there's a unworthiness that, that will wheedle its way into natural number one children without the parents realizing because they put so much discipline or suggestion even right that turns into criticism in the body of the one. And there's so much purity in your natural number one, that's the purity of source, that it is hard to live in a world where that is constrained by somebody else's set of rules, if you will. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That completely resonates with me for sure. Wow. So how does this relate to the chakras at all? Because I know that there's a lot of sevens within like music. There's the seven notes and colors, the seven colors of the rainbow, the seven chakras. And so, but with the body of nine... Oh, forgive me. Forgive go me. ahead. Go ahead. And I've heard no, no, no. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, and so, I think that there's seven that most people know about, but then it goes up, and and there's definitely and so even the three answers. Okay. <laughs> three answers to that. One yeah. of which only came to me last night. So this is oh, it's this new. Is, this new. Is new. We got new here today. New. So first of all. Yeah. <laughs> the centers in the body are co-located with the chakras, as far as we can tell. The heart chakra, however, having three, having the three energies in it, three, six, and nine. The uh, actually, you can say there are nine colors in the rainbow. So yeah. the other two missing colors are the blue. green, cyan, whatever. blue, green, blue. and cyan. Right. So it still works within the color system. Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe, and it came to me last night or this morning in a dream, that the reason that seven's important is because when you have two parents to get all nine, you need the other seven. So seven's an important addition to the family. It's a family thing where once you have the parents plus seven children, and if you look at Aladdin, it came to you last night, seventh son of the seventh son. So it is an important number, but I think it completes the nine when you have the parents there. So that's I just literally made that up today, and this is new. And, well, but it totally aligns with what, what I've been saying for a really long time. We used to have really large families yes. because we didn't have birth control. So over the natural course of a woman's life without contraception, she would have somewhere around 9, 10, 11, well, 12 kids. Seven, right? seven. Well, at least seven, yeah, right? Seven and But maybe she had a few extra whatever to... Just in case. Yeah, just because that's the way it was. You just, <laughs> but you had a lot of kids. And so family units 
had all nine natural numbers. But today, they don't. We usually stop at two, three, four, five people in a family. And what that means is you can grow up never having known at a deep level, people of the other natural numbers. Mm. So you, like my mother's one, my dad was an eight, my sister's a four. She had a one and an eight, repeated my parents because she didn't marry. I had a two and a five and a seven. So in our family, we have one, two, five, seven, eight. We have no three and nine in our part of the family. And what that means is we don't know three and nine very well. So, and that's one side of the equation. The other side of the equation is, is looking at, okay, astrology and human design. We completely and firmly believe there's a connection. We don't know what it is. Nope. We know that human design works, and we're both our human design, very, very accurate. Our mm-hmm. astrology, I had all sorts of fun stories with astrology when I was at Yahoo. But we don't know exactly. Clearly, not everyone born at the same place at the same time has the same natural number. Right. But that's all but, we but, don't know. But, but we don't know if... Because you don't have data on right. to the second, right? right? Or, and is it conception versus birth? What Heartbeat, is it? We, you don't know, know. we don't know. But, but it's fun to think about. <laughs> there are absolutely more things in the world. And that's part of our mantra to everyone is don't disbelieve your magic. and Don't disbelieve the magic that you knew when you had as a child. And the universe is a magical place. Right. And this, your natural number gives you access to the magic. And then your body through the learning to activate the other eight starts to expand the magical of possibilities for you. We're having a workshop. In, in September 23rd, 4th, and 5th to learn to activate all nine natural numbers. We'll teach you at least. Yeah, and we're going to have probably 20 people there. It's yeah. very exciting for us. And we know that we're going to expand the awareness of what's possible for human beings at that workshop. And that is so cool. Because yeah, we really believe that this is an opportunity for humanity to evolve back to perhaps where we were before the industrial world, before the things that changed. That you before the nurture about. layered so heavily on us that we could not explore our nature. Because this gives us hope. Right? There's a chance that we're going to end up like Mad Max in the Thunderdome. But I think okay. with everyone... <laughs> and, but I think because of the ability for us to evolve, to get back to this place where our egos are companions, not protectors, to get to the place where we can't be manipulated by peer pressure because we know who we are and, and what we care about. And we're a choice in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And our bodies are a source of wisdom instead of something that we just ignore. So there's lots of possibilities here. Yeah. So in conclusion, I know that you were saying like when somebody knows what their natural number is, then they can lead healthier and happier lives. Can you sum up like, you know, in a nutshell, like once somebody knows this, what would they be empowered to do? How would they be empowered to feel? How would they be able to better relate to those that are of different numbers and be able to kind of tap into that intuition that you were talking about? (laughs) I want to answer this one. Go ahead. So the first thing is you start to know yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I, when I found out it was a six, I was like, okay, cool. It's okay to be me. So I can start loving myself. Also, I have a simple physical way to get present when I get triggered or upset. So all I have to do is take a deep breath in my chest, roll my shoulders, expand my chest, and now I'm more present. There are nine different ways to do that. There's nine versions of, but it's simple with the posture. Just relax the body and then make yourself as upright as you can, and you will naturally activate your movement area. That helps you connect your natural purpose. It helps you listen to your body. It helps you understand what are your beliefs that have been given to you versus what is truly yours. And so when someone comes at you and says, this is the way the world is, you can tell, no, that doesn't work for me. So you get to this place of being able to be more in control of yourself. And add more a choice. And more, you have much more choice in things. You can learn how to make wise decisions. You can take courageous actions. 
Also, you can learn to activate the other parts of the body so that you can. So when I'm working with you, I know to raise my chin. I know to soften my eyes. I know to look into the camera because you're looking at me. And when I look into the camera, you, you can feel me more easily. I know how to honor you. I know if I'm a good friend of yours that I never, ever, ever criticize you ever because that criticism would turn into self-judgment so quickly. There was, we have no service whatsoever. There's no, I know that about you because you're a one. And I know that about, you know, I have a one mother. I mistakenly jab at her all the time and I feel really bad about it because I know how she responds. And when you know people around you, if you're working in an environment and you know the people, you know, if you have a problem a certain way, you know who to go talk to about it because I had a problem yesterday I wanted to look at something make something really pretty and I know that that's not me no matter what I try to do it would not look beautiful so I asked somebody else that has a much better understanding of beauty how should it look and it looks much better because I went to someone that is an expert in their bodies about this stuff Right. And the eye contact. Who do you make eye contact with and who do you not make eye contact? These are simple, really powerful adjustments that you can learn by knowing your natural number and knowing the number of the people around you. Or even just being aware. Like as soon as you got on, I could tell from your eyes and the way you greeted us, and the way you held us and the, how, the articulate way that you spoke, that you had to be a connector. You had to be a one, two, three or four. And your oneness just presented itself immediately in the subtle movement in your, from here. In your chin. Mm. So we can learn to start to see those things mm-hmm. out in the world around us, which makes us easier to be with and easier to be with others. Amazing. And then there are other personality assessments, and you mentioned Enneagram before. And I was curious about the interrelatability of that, as well as Carl Jung and the Jungian models of personalities. Is there, has there been any correlation there? Oh, a lot. Enneagram, <laughs> the answer is a lot. <laughs> Yeah, well, so everything, I kind of semi-jokingly say, if you go and do Myers-Briggs, they're going to ask you a bunch of questions that's going to tell you how you're going to answer a bunch of questions. So the awareness, though, is what they do is they put people into buckets, then they statistically analyze those buckets and then say, okay, this is the way most people in these buckets work. We do it slightly differently in that we look at your body. Mm -hmm. But once we've looked at your body, we're listening to what a thousand people have said about that reality. We don't make this stuff up. The words we use come from the thousands of people we've talked to. Because we don't use language the same way. And if there are truly nine physiologically different kinds of people, which our research shows that there are are indeed, we can consistently and repeatedly make people aware of this, then all of the other systems come out of the fact that we have these nine, right? And they are the best version of noticing how effective was that whoever came up with that system, how good were they noticing? And even Jung back in those days, they'd already started to separate uh, separate out the physicality from the science, from the physiology, from the philosophy. So this is a place, as we use, that's why we say physio-spiritual, it's a place where we bring ourselves back whole. Mm -hmm. And you can look at each attribute and say, well, this is... This part and, this, and you know, the numerology, right? the new the numbers are there. Yeah. But if you look at the way Jung sort of split it out, it very easily falls back into okay, this is the way that the world is. And even if you go further back, you look at Pythagoras. Mm-hmm. Pythagoras actually split the world into five different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, those kind of people, one and five, which is two, the connector versus the non-connector version, two and six, three and seven, four and eight, the commonalities there are insane. So once you have the connectory versus non-connectory and the nine underneath holding it all, you get back to nine again. So this stuff is not unknown. Just broken out in different ways. The fundamental difference is body of nine is based off your body. The rest of them are looking at behavior. 
Right. And the way you answer questions to lump you into a bucket. We lump you into a bucket based off your body and then tell you what people like you have said about what it's like to live in that kind of body. Because the behavior is very much about how do your body interpret what your senses are telling you. Right, right. And what about, have you studied anybody that it was neurodivergent? I'm just curious how that comes out if they have maybe a social disorder where they don't like to look at people or mm -hmm. there are certain aspects of their personality where it might be enhanced because of their natural number or be, it's due to their natural number. I'm not sure in the way that it's presenting itself. We've worked with many people that have various ways of being in the world. And sometimes there's a misdiagnosis based on their natural number. So for example, a natural number threes can be really, really focused. And if you take your child to somewhere and they complain that your child is very, very focused, it may just be their natural number three. They don't have any of the pathologies that the psychiatric world wants them to have. For it's just, yeah, I think they're, and they can be the behaviors sort of at the outside of the healthy range, yes. right? So hyper-focused ADHD might be for threes. And then, yeah, so we've worked, well, recently we worked with a young woman who had encephalitis when she was born and she had a very enlarged head. But she was a five also, which was interesting, you know, and we can still tell from the physiology. We work with people that are blind. We work with people that have physical disabilities. We've worked cross-culturally. <laughs> you know, some cultures, eye contact's not okay. So all the one, two, threes, and fours are like, are you going to look at me? Is it going to be safe? They're checking before they actually make the eye contact. One thing that makes it hard but not impossible is severe trauma. Because if you are a body-based uh, zone even number and you've had some really severe physical trauma, you're going to separate from your body, which makes your life really hard because yeah. your body's source of wisdom is you're separating from your source of wisdom. So, But again, time and time again, your body's going to show up as your body. Right. And there's so many indicators. It's not just one thing. It's the muscle holding your face. It's the quality of your eyes. It's the structure of your body. It's how you initiate movement. It's where you, you know, little subtle movements. I was talking to my friend when he was a two, and she does this, choose to do this little, like, rolling shaking thing from the middle of their bodies that, that you really can't do if you aren't a two and I was like oh my god my daughter does the very same movement and you, so you start to see that the micro movement and the micro gesture and the micro differences in the shape of the face hmm. you know sixes have a jolly quality there's more cheek between the nose and the lips than other people it's a slight difference in the angle of the mouth so these things are very definable. Yeah, our bodies are you know, a source of wisdom for all of us at some level, and that very big tells. If you go back to, you know, the theory says that between 50 and 80% of all communication is body to body. The rest is tone and then the words. So our bodies are different nine ways. Our tone is very dependent on the natural number. And what our words mean is dependent on the natural number. Sometimes we're kind of amused that we can even communicate at all. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> And we know this stuff and we still, you yeah. know, there are stages where we're like, oh, he's doing his five thing again. Okay, best, <laughs> let him do his thing. But nothing I'm going to do is going to be able to change that part of Mark. But if we want to connect, we can activate national number two, smile yes. at each other. And, uh, yeah. and then it's best. <laughs> Very helpful. And I guess it's important to know that I would imagine that no one number is better or worse than the other number. Absolutely. Oh, no, they, are all equal. That, yeah. they are all equally important. Yeah. Just yeah you can't be like, different. oh, I wish I was a two. Or... <laughs> no, not at all. So, but if you don't bring your natural number, if you don't bring yourself, yeah, your gift. You, you're going to make a big difference by not showing up. Yes. Mm. So that, that's how it matters. If you've got five or six people and one person is like, well, I'm just not going to play today then it makes a huge difference. But that person is not their natural number. Mm, interesting. Yeah. 
Wow, Susan and Martin, how insightful. So now if somebody was very interested in learning more or taking a next step and, and working with you, how would they do that? Go to bodyofnani.com and we have four different ways that you can get identified. We have group sessions where you can join with a bunch of other people. And we do like what we did with you on Zoom where we have people move and, and then we talk to them about it to make sure it, it resonates. And then we talk to the whole group. And those are fun because you get to see other people. And you're like, oh, they aren't like me. And Susan and Martin did something different with them. Why did they do that? That's much more interesting. Or you can have a private session or you can do a couple, you know, you and your spouse or you and your family. And so those are, that's the starting place. And then we work with coaches and holistic practitioners and right. publishers and authors and leaders any, to take any, this out into, right. into different organizations Anybody working well. in groups that wants to improve the group sports, we've worked with sports teams and they've changed the way that they play, yeah. they play their game so that it goes to the strengths of the individual players. So anybody that's wanting to grow more in a very new leading edge kind of way. Yeah. So uh, our website is the first place to start, bodyofnine.com. We also have a couple books that we've written that are on Amazon. We have our Decode Your Physiology and Discover Your True Self. And then we have Body of Nine Practices for Presence. So what do you do with this knowledge to become more present and more at choice? So, yeah. We do workshops, as Susan mentioned, where we teach people how to activate all nine centers in the body, which is always a fun and life-changing experience. Life-changing experience, absolutely. Brilliant. Well, Susan and Martin Fisher, I am so delighted that I had the opportunity to go through the Body of Nine with you and then share it to our audience. I think that it is really fascinating, and I'm thrilled to let everybody know about this pretty, I would say, new but old kind of way of tapping into what you are all about, all of your natural abilities, all your natural proclivities, and have better relationships, more happiness, more healthfulness in your life. So I appreciate you being my guest today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great time.